Welcome to the Adventure for Good podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Kim. In June 2018, we both left our careers at the age of 31 and started traveling with the mission of finding and creating work locally in the United States and around the world that inspires us while helping other people and the environment. This podcast documents our adventures as well as highlights the inspirational people that we meet along the way. We hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode five. Our first interview. I know. Woohoo! We're Chris and Kim, and we're really excited to be bringing you guys this first interview. We spoke with a woman named Ruth, who is from the UK, and she is traveling South America and Central America with her family. It's her husband and their two kids, ages eight and ten. Do you have anything to add? <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to keep going, so I was just giving you the space. <laughs> yeah, no, it was super fun. Uh, we were in a little cafe in downtown Sucre right next to the plaza, so yeah. there's a little bit of traffic noise, but it's just ambiance. Yeah, kinda sorry like about the, the background noise. Kind of like the crickets in the jungle. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, give it a listen since you're already here, and uh, yeah, we'll see everybody in one week. Two weeks. Two weeks. Whenever, whenever we see you. And we'll be talking about our official podcast about our time in Sucre. So yeah, at that time. That'll be a lot more about us. This is all about them. So Please hopefully. Please enjoy. Yeah. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear how this episode is. And we hope you like interviews because we got a lot more of them coming your way. Exactly. So, all right. See everybody in uh, two weeks. Enjoy. I always get nervous or nervous. <laughs> so we're, we met Ruth at the local Condor Cafe a couple days ago. Yeah, here in Sucre, Bolivia. And then we bumped into her almost every day since then at the cafe. So we, a couple uh-huh. times. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, Ruth, do you mind introducing yourself and maybe your family and a little bit about what you guys are doing? Uh-huh. Yeah, we're, um, my name's Ruth. I'm from uh, Cornwall in the UK, which is like the big toe at the bottom of the, the country. Um, Travelling with my husband and our two children, who are um, 10 and 8. Uh, we left the UK in November, and we've been travelling south from uh, Mexico, and we're due to go home in October. In October, so almost a full year. Yeah, it would have been a full year, but my husband finished work and broke his ankle. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> so then we were stuck in the UK for two months longer than planned. Wow. <laughs> so what was the inspiration for you to leave on the trip? Well, originally we first came to Latin America in 2004 um, and I spent a summer in Ecuador with a friend and Mark joined us for a couple of weeks. And then my sister traveled for the whole of South America on her own in 2006, 2007. Okay. Um, and I was pregnant with Wilf, who's our eldest child. And we came out to meet her in Guatemala for three weeks. And we decided that when the children were old enough, we would come back and travel South America with them. Okay. And now they are. <laughs> and, and, and how many children do you have again? Uh, two. Okay. Two children. 
Yep. And they are what ages? Uh, well, Wilf will be 11 in September. Uh, Megan will be uh, 9 in a couple of weeks. So they were um, 8 and 10 when we left the UK. Okay. Were they excited to go? Yeah. I don't think they really had any real idea of what we were doing. We hadn't... We've been, I think we've been to Spain a couple of times since they were born. But other than that, we hadn't really left the UK. <laughs> so they didn't really have any idea of, of what it was we were about to go and do. Wow. <laughs> Except they were leaving their friends for a year. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably scary for them. I guess, have they adjusted pretty well to traveling? Oh, yeah, completely. Um, completely. Megan, who's younger, I think she misses her friends a little bit more. But with WhatsApp, it's really easy to keep in touch with people. So right. they can video call their friends. So you don't feel so far away. It's not the last time we were here, the smartphone didn't exist. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier. So, yeah, so, so now it's completely different traveling. You have access to easy. You don't have to go to an internet cafe. You don't have to wait for stuff for hours. You have a phone in your hand as long as you've got one. Wi-Fi somewhere you can you can speak to people so yeah, yeah it, it that's been I've been quite surprised at the difference that's made actually yeah. right are they excited to go home or are they a little bummed that they have to go home well we we don't actually have a flight home yet so <laughs> so uh, maybe you don't have to go home. yeah <laughs> in the UK you can homeschool your children so we spoke to the head teacher at school and he was really enthusiastic but he said you can't we can't keep your school places so we had to take them off roll at school and that means there's no guarantee that they'll have a school place so we're waiting to hear now if they have school places but their school's very popular so if there's no school places and they can't go back to school we might stay away for a bit longer we yeah. don't, but who knows yeah. <laughs> yeah. we don't know what we're doing on Sunday so <laughs> when we leave Sucre so one day at a time yeah one day at a time so I think one thing that a lot of people we, we hear a lot when we tell people what we were doing that well uh, we'd love to do that, but it's impossible to do it with kids. Or we couldn't do that. We have a family. How, I guess, can you talk a little bit about your experience doing this with a family and what that's been like? I suppose it depends a little bit on how you parent your children. We were, I know it kind of in part is due to poverty, but we were really inspired with how close children are to their parents when we were in Guatemala when I was pregnant. And still now, everyone, all the indigenous women carry their children everywhere and they're very close to their parents. And whilst that might not be ideal in lots of in lots of respects, in lots of respects, it's great. And when we saw that, we decided when we had our kids that we would carry them around and put them in slings and kind of have them with us as much as possible and try and just carry on living but with a baby. Right. <laughs> right. And that's kind of how we've parented our children. Um, so they're used to just having to get on with it a little yeah. bit and they like spending time with their parents ultimately children want to be with their mum and dad they're like baby monkeys <laughs> so if they can be with their mum and dad you know all day that's you know that's security for them and they they really like that right but you know it's not going to be for everyone sure right yeah. have, there, have there been unforeseen challenges you run into traveling with kids that maybe you think oh if, if we didn't have the kids this would be a lot easier no if anything it's made it for us it's made it easier okay I don't know if that's because of the countries that we've been in as a continent 
South America and Central America are very family orientated. Kids, uh, people love kids, and so having the kids with us, for, for us, we feel that we've actually had a much better experience because people have been really friendly, people have been really kind, people have been helpful. I suppose you know we're we're white and they're blonde, and we speak English, <laughs> so we're, we're a novelty. And as much as I don't like it, we're, we're probably you know something that people in some ways kind of want to see or want to be like so lots of time they get a lot of attention yeah they get given stuff they get given sweets in the street you know they have people come and touch their hair (laughs) (laughs) um in colombia we had people come and shout through the window of where we were staying oh monos monos You know, putting their hands through the window and touching their hair and like stuff. So, kids, yeah. yeah, and you know, my husband says you've got to be pretty low to to rob a family with kids. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, we've had really, really positive experience mm-hmm. having the kids with us. Wow, and, and nothing has been harder. Huh. For us, yeah, everyone's different. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. for us, yeah. Well, it sounds like your style of travel too is you don't plan stuff out too much in advance. So you have a rough itinerary, but you're kind of you have the flexibility to change things. Like if someone gets sick or something else happens, that you easily change things. Um, well, yeah, we don't have a flight home, so <laughs> we kind of have a, have a vague plan that we'll be leaving from Buenos Aires at some point. But I'm very much like. Oh, one day at a time, see what happens tomorrow. I don't like kind of a, making a plan because something else might come up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my husband's a bit different. He kind of struggles with not having some things planned and knowing what's going on. Uh, so we, we kind of struggle a little bit with that, but we generally muddle along and it's much easier to not be too rigid with the kids. Yeah. If they make a friend or, or they're enjoying being somewhere or if they're just overtired because we've done too many night journeys, you need to be able to have that flexibility of just staying in somewhere a bit longer and giving them just some free time, some downtime. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think the other thing that, that people look at this a lot and say is, well, we could never afford to do something like that. And I, I know we've experienced already that it's much more affordable than one would think. But yeah. did when you left did you set out a budget that you were hoping to stick to and have you largely found that it's been maybe more affordable or less affordable than the UK it's it's more affordable than the UK because the UK is quite expensive mm-hmm. particularly now with kind of wage to cost ratios in the UK for us we're very often paying the same price for the children as, as for ourselves so we have to factor in the fact we're paying for four people and not two okay. like buses or, or tours buses or anything tours and all those kinds of things some places the children are free or we manage to get half price um, but for lots of things we pay the same we left with a with a rough budget and most days most of the time we stick to it obviously in some places something we went to the Galapagos Islands and so for that we kind of if we spend a bit more in a couple of weeks then we have we try and factor in a couple of weeks where we're spending less right so, right. so that overall it kind of evens out yeah. I mean we're very fortunate that we have a house in the UK that we can that we're renting out right so we have some money coming in while we're traveling as well okay do you mind if we ask what the budget is per day it's about between kind of 70 and 100 uk pounds including accommodation and everything that's for four people yeah it's the equivalent of kind of 25 uk pounds a day 
per person. Per person. Per person. Yeah. 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 Okay. Which is calculating <laughs> for anybody else. But then, for example, the last two weeks here in Sucre, we've been doing Spanish school, mm-hmm. um, and all our accommodation and the Spanish lessons and uh, most of our food has been pretty much around our daily budget. Yeah. Yeah. Which works. So we've managed, you know, by having virtually private Spanish lessons and our food and everything for the for yeah. what we'd be spending, you know, right. I think what we'd be aiming to spend anyway. Right. Yeah. So, so. so 25 pounds is roughly $30 US. Mm-hmm. Per person per day. So that's about $120 for the family for a day. Which, right. And that's every, I mean, you're pretty much getting away with accommodations, tours, yeah. food. That's, Travel, I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's really yeah. cool. So what type, what types of experiences have you had the last Well, I want to ask the first pounds. question. Kind of what, what's your better rough itinerary? I know you started north and went mm-hmm, south, but mm-hmm. what countries have you been to? So we started in Cuba. Um, we weren't planning to go. The plan was South America. <laughs> and then we kind of went, well, we're, we're, we're going so far from home. That, and we wanted to go to Cuba, so we were like, well, we may as well go to Cuba now, because it's, like, really close. It's, it's kind of on the way, right? right? And also, um, when we left the UK, so our, our kind of our plan was not really planned from the start. <laughs> so when we left the UK, my brother and sister live in London, so we, we drove up to London, and then everyone was saying, when are you leaving? We said, well, we don't really know, because we don't have a flight. <laughs> Uh, so we wanted to spend some time in London um, catching up with my brother and sister and their children before we left. And then we just looked to see what flights were available and found something the cheapest flights we could. Cuba. And we found flights to Cuba, yeah, for wow. a thousand UK pounds. For the whole family? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, really good. <laughs> really good. Uh, so we're like, great, we've got a flight on Thursday. That's when we're leaving. <laughs> and then we didn't realize. So I think we bought the flights like a day before we were leaving or two days. And then the day before we left, we realized we needed visas for Cuba, which everywhere said on the website, oh, you can't, um, you can't buy them. You have to have them posted to you. And we're like... Uh-oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so um, well, there's nothing we can do now. We'll just go to the airport. We'll hope we can sort something out. So we had to rush across to a completely different area of the airport to the Virgin Desk, who happened to sell the visas in, in, in the airport in London. In London? <laughs> yeah. Bought the visas, rushed back, and just made our flight. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. It was an adventure from the first day. <laughs> yeah. So we started in Cuba, and we spent a week in Cuba, and then we flew to Cancun and went straight down to Tulum which is further down on the coast and spent a couple of weeks just travelling down the coast of Mexico to uh, Belize mm-hmm. and then we went to Kaikoka in Belize to go snorkeling and then travelled back to the border with Guatemala to take the children to Tikal to the Mayan ruins there because we'd been there before we didn't leave to go again so then we flew to Costa Rica and spent a month travelling around Costa Rica and then Panama Panama to uh, Colombia three months travelling around Colombia wow and learning Spanish okay um Ecuador um into the jungle in the Amazon in Ecuador and then to the coast to see a friend uh, Peru and now Bolivia and then the plan is possibly Brazil or uh, Chile and Argentina 
Wow, yeah. that's a lot to fit in a, a year. <laughs> yeah, I think, I know I asked a question about the experiences, but maybe another first question would be safety. I think a lot of people would look at this and say, there's no way I would take my kids to these places. Or, you know, they People like to go to resorts and places that they know there's lots of tourists and they're going to feel safe. It sounds like you're off the beaten track a little bit. I mean, Especially like three months in Colombia. Yeah. I feel like Colombia is a country that a lot of people think are very, is very dangerous. Colombia was beautiful. Yeah. The people are so friendly and we didn't feel in danger at any point. It's building up its tourism industry. They just have a new president, so things might change. But at the moment, uh, the country's very positive. The people are very friendly. Uh, we felt totally safe all the time. I think, obviously, you know, we've had we've had experiences as, an, as a as a mum. There's always going to be things that kind of you're in, your heart's in your mouth. You go, oh god, <laughs> and then you kind of relax. Everything's fine. But I kind of rationalise it by thinking, actually, people here, people in the countries that we're visiting, this is how they travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Their children travel like this. On the buses They're, and the, they, the countries aren't empty of people. Right. <laughs> right. right. You know, they're very successful populations of people, mm-hmm. and that's how they travel. And yeah. actually, you know, we come from countries where we're very, very fortunate, and we don't have to think about those things. Right. Or, or, or we end up thinking about them too much. Right. <laughs> and for us, yeah, there's definitely been um, times where we've kind of thought, mm, okay, that was a bit hairy. I suppose we knew what to expect because we'd been to countries right. like this before. And actually, thinking the thinking about it is way more frightening than, than the reality. Right. Yes. So, S- sitting at home in my lounge on the sofa going, yeah. oh, but the bus journeys. Yes. yes. Actually, being on the bus, sometimes you're a bit, ah! Yeah. But, you know, you get there. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what was one of the more frightening experiences? I think the first few bus journeys we did, there were there were a couple of times in the night where the, you, the speedo for the, like a digital counter yeah. is visible in the bus. Yeah. And you can see it kind of go back to double zero and kind of not be able to count. And you, then you're thinking, how fast? Actually, are we going in the dark? Yeah, because it's supposed to only be like 90, 90 kilometers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 90 kilometers. Uh, so yeah, so then some. You know, that makes me a bit anxious sometimes, but right. nothing's happened so, so far. So for people that don't don't know what that is, and we, that was the first time we experienced it, yeah. was in Peru, Ecuador, or Ecuador was there's a big like digital readout mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the speed of the bus, so that all the passengers, so that all the passengers can, see. can see that they're speeding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So. And they're not supposed to go over 90 kilometers yeah. an hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, we, we did a boat trip from Iquitos in Peru, which is deep in the Amazon, to Leticia in, in Colombia. So there's a point right deep in the Amazon where Colombia, Peru, and Brazil are pretty much within walking distance of each other. And it's a like a 10-hour boat journey. Wow. In a, in a small-ish boat, uh, kind of like a bus, on the river. And on the way home, the engine broke like three times. And uh, the Amazon seems quite big when you're considering the possibility of swimming to the bank. You're just, you're just, you're just floating <laughs> Drifting along. backwards, back towards Letitia, thinking, okay, I'm sure this is fine, but... If there is any problems, <laughs> I yeah. have to swim to that. Shore. How far is the bank, and, and then, how strong does the current look? How many piranhas are in the water? Right, yeah. and then once I get to the bank, where am I? Mm. And yeah, so it took us eighteen hours to get back. Wow. Yeah. Oh but, my god. But even in that point, you weren't feeling 
unsafe. You weren't feeling like, I guess people imagine, I guess, especially Colombia or Mexico, you think you get outside of Cancun mm. and it's, it's, people are constantly trying to rob you and pickpocket you and people just have this notion of tr travel outside of the U.S. or outside the U.K. or outside of the first world is unsafe. Any of these things, you know, it's about how you approach it. If you yeah. walk around with expensive watches and gold jewelry and big cameras that everyone can see, you're going to get robbed. Right. <laughs> if you or, walk around just, you know, with, and you don't carry too much money on you and you're careful. Keep and, your phone in your pocket. Yeah, and, away and, and you're friendly and polite to people. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you make your best effort to speak Spanish, even if it's awful, the people appreciate it. Yeah. And if you smile and you're friendly and, you know, we've had some experiences. Uh, <laughs> for, <laughs> probably, for example. Probably not. Well, well <laughs> uh, you, yeah, maybe you might want to cut this bit out. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> So my husband was drugged in Medellin on the street outside of a salsa club. Wow. Uh, we were doing, we were in a Spanish school and we uh, were staying, it was like another family stay. And the, the mum agreed that if we'd put the children to sleep, um, we could go out in the evening and we hadn't had any time away from the kids. So, so this she was, was going like, to like be a babysitter. Yeah, well, the kids okay. were going to be were asleep already. Yeah. Um, so we went out, we went to the salsa lesson and then every week the Spanish school went to the same salsa club. Mark went outside with a guy from with a Danish guy and he was outside drinking with some other people and he thought Mark thought the Danish guy knew these other guys and it turns out he didn't <laughs> and uh, they, they there's a uh, drink in Colombia called Aguadiente okay. which everyone drinks everywhere and they were offered some Aguadiente and Mark drank it and it was laced uh, now the other guy was robbed <laughs> and Mark fortunately uh, passed out <laughs> so he was fine apart from feeling very very ill for a few days. So did yeah. he make it back inside before he passed yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. So he just passed Yeah, and then we, and then we uh, took him home in a taxi. Okay. Uh, and I suppose, you know, some people would think that was pretty disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, all these things depends on your outlook. Right. <laughs> he, 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 so, yeah, he felt miserable for a while. Yeah, and everyone, okay. you know, laughed at him at how badly hungover he looked. But, um, yeah, he's alive. <laughs> We're all alive, we're all safe. So, so, so more yeah. or less, the people in Colombia were fairly nice, other than that could have happened, you know, that, exactly that, that could happen, happen anywhere, it could happen yeah. anywhere. So it's more likely to happen in London than anywhere else, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Yes, we actually had a friend that told us that she did get drugged in London. I believe oh, yeah. it was London. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. Oh, well, that's the thing. People say, oh, are you not scared in Colombia? Is it not dangerous? And I say, there are parts of London I wouldn't want to go to. There are parts of any city in the yeah. UK oh, yeah. where I wouldn't want to go out at night. Same with the I wouldn't US. feel safe. Yeah. So it's no different. It, it, it's just the fear of the unknown. Right. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So, and actually, you know, people, I always think actually, you know, most places, the majority of people are friendly and nice. Mm -hmm. And if you give them the chance to be, they'll be helpful and kind. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. So maybe back to the experiences? Yeah. What are, what are some of the, the, your favorite experiences you've had or seen or done? Um, the Galapagos was amazing. Uh, the children swam in the open, open sea. I think it was like 300 meters depth of seawater with, with turtles and um, sharks and rays. So that was pretty amazing. One thing, one experience really has really stuck with me, and it, it's not something that 
sounds necessarily kind of kind of amazing. It's not you know swimming with turtles or all those <laughs> things that people look in holiday brochures and go, mm-hmm. oh wow, that would be amazing. We're in a tiny, tiny village in the mountains in the northern Andes in Peru, and found a tour with a very with a local guide um, whose families were from the town for generations and in the 90s they found 200 mummies in a, a mausoleum around a lake and we did a three-day trek with the children in the rain <laughs> to the to the lake where they'd originally found the mummies and it was amazing we were, were the only people yeah. there we stayed in a tiny little mud hut the guide cooked for us in there it was freezing cold it was soaking wet <laughs> it was really 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 exhausting um, but it was amazing. And that was Lagunas de Condores? Uh, yeah, Laguna de las Condores. Condores. Mm-hmm. We almost did that tour. I know. And we we didn't learn about it until we had already gotten there and everything else we had kind of like planned around it. So We didn't plan the days. Yeah. Uh, well, time. you get a chance to go back. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, we hadn't planned to do it. We didn't even know about it. Right. Um, yeah. I just read about this place with, with mummies and went, oh, I really fancy seeing the mummies. Let's go there. And then I think Mark always gets itchy feet and he doesn't like kind of hanging around. So he was like, right, what can we do? <laughs> um, and so we, we stumbled upon it, really. And those have been some of our best experiences actually the where things, you don't really plan them out yeah the things where you know you've kind of got like a, a bucket list or a tick list of like I want to do this and this and this those places are great but it's all the other things you find along the way and the people you meet right. and yeah. the stuff you weren't expecting to do yeah that's been the night that's been the best right along those lines did you guys do a bunch of research before you left London it doesn't sound like you mm, no. did a lot <laughs> so like, um, oh, we went to we went to Waterstones and bought a couple of books <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, how have you been figuring things out as you go? It's been quite different, actually. I kind of, as much as I hate to admit it, having the internet and access to blogs and Google has yeah. been has actually been much more useful than than I thought. The last time we did anything like this, it was it was guidebooks, yes. and everyone kind of did what was in the guidebooks, yeah. unless you met somebody and they they kind of talked about right. other things you could do. Whereas this time, actually, there's been a couple of blogs and things that we found really useful. For um, talking to local people as our Spanish has got better mm-hmm. as well. But um, yeah, internet research really kind of as we go along. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we found very similar. You, you start to find blogs of people who are like, oh, we, we discovered this thing, and you go to this street and you turn uh-huh, left uh-huh. and you go past the blue house, and then there's the, you know, and the, yeah. the directions are like step by step, and you don't yeah. have that in a guidebook, typically. Tip- no, I think as well, just being kind of open to meeting people. Mm-hmm. I think if you, for us, if you kind of just go through the, the travel effort kind of thing and you do your own thing and you don't really interact with locals or chat to people or anything like that, then you kind of miss out on other opportunities. So I think there's definitely kind of talking to people, really trying to learn the language so you can kind of interact um, and find other stuff. Yeah. Besides the Lake of the Condors or Laguna de las Condors, what other, like, unexpected thing did you have happen because you were talking to locals or people maybe that you met other travelers? Well, for example, in, in uh, again, for us it's different because we've got the kids with us. Right. Yeah. So in Colombia, we stayed in, like, an Airbnb um, 
in a little apartment and there was a, a family downstairs with a little boy and the first few days our Spanish wasn't so good then it was near the beginning of the trip so we, we know what that's like <laughs> yes <laughs> um, so particularly me I, I would kind of kind of smile slightly awkwardly and then feel a bit embarrassed because I didn't really understand what they were talking about but then the children started to make friends and then you know we had days at the beach with them and just did other stuff that isn't the travelling stuff just normal life just stuff normal life stuff yeah, yeah. And, and that's been lovely um, staying with the family we're staying with for our homestay for Spanish school and you yeah, know, we're doing things with them okay. here in Sucre and just just having a bit of normality actually <laughs> yeah and, and it sounds like the kids have actually opened up some of those opportunities that oh for sure yeah. that you wouldn't have so maybe you should travel with your kids oh yeah for sure we, we get talking to people because they want to talk to the kids in the street the children make friends you know out in the square they'll go and make friends with people and then you get chatting to people definitely the kids have definitely opened up opportunities that I don't think we'd have, we'd have had necessarily yeah. and we're doing things differently as well mm-hmm. yeah that's amazing yeah. and you're, you're you're technically homeschooling the kids this year right yeah <laughs> But I think all of the experience, I mean, they're learning Spanish. They're yeah, they're bent. I'm bottom of the class. <laughs> I'm not I'm not lying. I would I'm literally, too. literally below my eight-year-old. <laughs> and learning everything about, you know, the world as they're traveling, all these new experiences. I mean, you can't, you can't get that in the classroom. So. No. And I suppose I was a teacher, so I know if they're really falling behind. My husband panics about it a little bit, kind of goes, oh, you know, are they ready to go back to school? But for me, actually, the, you know, broadening the horizons and opening their minds to different ways of life and different cultures and giving them experiences that give their learning when they go back to the classroom some kind of relevance. Yeah. So, so that everything isn't theoretical. Right. <laughs> you know, they've got some experiences to go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I know about that because this happened or I know what it would be, what it would feel like to be a new kid in a new class not speaking a language or, you know, having, just being a bit more open-minded to things. Yeah. Or they can say, no, that's not true, you're wrong, teacher. Yeah. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've been there in your life. <laughs> which, which they would, particularly the youngest. <laughs> I know, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they write a di- they write um, they write a diary every day. Okay. Yeah, and, and we keep all their little ticket stuff and all the things, the bus tickets and all the bits of stuff from all the places we've been. So they'll have a year's worth of daily diary when we go back, just so that then you know they're keeping up with their handwriting and just thinking about what they're doing, and yep. so they're yeah. not totally slacking off. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's a great solution. And then um, they have tons of stories they get to go back with, too. Yeah. And different, they, and a different perspective on life. You know, like you said, that you hadn't traveled much before before you mm-hmm, left the UK, okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is a very different world traveling in Central and South America than it is in Europe, so... Um, Definitely. And, and children see things differently as well. They don't, you know, to them, it's just, oh, it's another kid in the street. Yeah. And, and yeah, they're kind of having to eat different food and they're staying in different... I mean, they've, I don't know. I, I thought I might sit down and try and work out how many different beds they've slept in. <laughs> um, because, you know, I suppose actually in some ways that's one of the things that 
could be a challenge for people. Because, sure. Yeah. I mean, it, sometimes it's hard for us as adults to sleep in a different room. Yes. Yeah. All the time. You know, every couple of days. Yes. Fortunately for us, it's ended up being cheaper staying in in like um, cheap hotels or hostels mm-hmm. with a with a um, two double rooms or a family room than paying for four beds in a hostel. Yeah. And so quite often they're sleeping in the same room as us anyway. Yeah. Right. And, and they've been really adaptable. Yeah. You, you mentioned food a minute ago, and I think that's maybe one of the other things people think of when they hear mm-hmm. about traveling to a lesser developed part of the world is you're going to get sick from the food, you're going to get sick from the water, you're going to be sick all the time. How have, how have you, how has your family fared with that? The first week when we arrived in Cuba, in this in the historic center, uh, we went to a very tourist place. Wilf got food poisoning and was very, very sick Aww. for three days with a fever. And I suppose, you know, again, for some people that might be, that might be a bit much. I kind of always been one of those parents who's like, well, just give it another another day. <laughs> I'm sure by tomorrow he'll be better. And he's, and he's still um, traveling with you. He's so fine. He's, he's yeah, fine. he's absolutely fine. He, he, you know, he was very sick. And in Cuba, although there's access to to doctors, there isn't actually a lot of medicine. <laughs> so had he been really sick, um, it might have been a different, well, more sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might have been a different story. But I, you know, you can't plan for that kind of thing. Yeah. You just have to take it in your stride and see see what happens. But we've actually found street food and eating where the locals eat. We've been fine. When we go to very tourist places, kind of aimed at tourists, we get sick. Hmm. We're trying to travel without using disposable plastic. So invested in a portable water filter when we left the UK. So we've just been filtering all our water. Okay. Um, we've, been, we've drunk water from streams. We've drunk water from the tap. Mm-hmm. Water from rivers, mm-hmm. <laughs> water from the Amazon. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Just been filtering it all. And Just filtering, yeah. yeah. And, and and we've had you know, the usual standard yeah. couple of tummy upsets. But yes. Other than the first week in Cuba, nothing. Wow. That's, that's yeah. amazing. That's quite the week to start with, too, I bet. He was <laughs> not very happy. Yeah, it was okay. We were really lucky. We were staying with a really lovely family who looked after us. It just meant we didn't really see much of Cuba because yeah. we were only there for a week, but... You know, right. these things happen. Yeah. Probably toughened his stomach up for the rest uh-huh. of the trip. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we've been very fortunate as well, and we've eaten stuff from street vendors. We've yeah. eaten, yeah. we've drank juices in the markets. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. Go, we go and get juice in the markets all the time. Yeah. It's the best place for juices. Right. <laughs> yeah. We eat the street food. Yeah. We go to the cheap Amwerzo places for us, with the four of us, particularly because we don't always get to stay in hostels with a kitchen. Just going and getting the kind of menu of the day that Amwerzo set lunch, we can eat, the four of us can eat for less than it would cost us to buy the food in a supermarket. Yes. Yeah. yeah, maybe talk about that a little, because we've talked about it before, but the Amwerzo or men- mm-hmm. menu, mm-hmm. as they call them, I mean, you mentioned you can do it really cheap. I think mm-hmm. we're finding them for like in in Bolivia. It's about twelve to fifteen bolivianos, uh-huh. which uh-huh. is in the U.S. That's about a dollar fifty, two dollars, something oh, like yeah. that. It's for, a similar kind of price yeah. for, for, to to the U.K. And pounds. you get a big you get a big plate of food. You get rice, uh-huh. maybe yeah. chicken. Uh-huh. You get uh-huh. soup. You get a dessert. You get yeah. a juice. Well, it usually starts with soup and then a uh-huh. main course, and then some of them include dessert, others don't. Yeah, and a juice. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. I think you just have to like rice. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so much rice. 
Yeah, I mean, Wilf, our oldest, is will eat pretty much anything. Megan, she doesn't like chicken, which in a in a place where there's a lot of chicken uh, can sometimes be a bit of a drawback. But she does like chicharron. Uh, so if which it's is, fried chicken. Which, I know chicharron is is fried pork fat. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Deep fried, uh, which she loves, but not chicken. With chicharron. Um, they play the other day. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, she doesn't like that. <laughs> only, only the pork fat. <laughs> well, that's um, okay. Yeah. But um, actually, everywhere's always, you know, all the places we've been are always very accommodating. And if you ask, um, do you have beans instead? They normally, beans are another staple, so they normally yeah. have beans or something else that they'll put on there for her instead. Yeah, then the chicken. <laughs> or she just eats rice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of worse things than rice. <laughs> so th- you mentioned a minute ago about trying to travel without using disposable plastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having our experiences so far in South America, plastic is ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that gone? And how, I guess, how have you been going about doing that? It needs a bit of time considering it before we left the UK. So we yeah, have... Maybe what was the inspiration, too? Um, we have... A, so where we are in, in the UK, where we live, it's very coastal. Mm-hmm. So it's very long and thin. Even if you live in the most central part of our county, you're probably only 20 minutes from a beach. Okay. And a surfer from, a local surfer started a campaign called Two Minute Beach Clean. And so we've been kind of going out, doing beach cleans, picking up plastic, which gradually you've become more and more aware of, of how much plastic is out there. Yeah. Um, and so we've been kind of gradually trying to reduce that in the UK anyway, at home. So I bought a water filter. I actually ordered, um, I think they're called life bottles. Mm-hmm. They're um, drinking bottles with a straw. The life so straw? Yeah, the yeah. life straw, yep. Uh, they arrived at my sister's house the, about two hours after we left. <laughs> <laughs> so along with the uh, waterproof socks. Oh, no. <laughs> so I have a box of very expensive stuff sitting in London. <laughs> so I had to run around London trying to find another um, water filter. So we just have one small water filter. Um, so it takes a bit of dedication because when you're sorting out water for four people it gets a bit boring but then I consider the fact that if we weren't doing that we could be buying up to four plastic bottles of water per day for a year so yeah if we just bought one bottle each Mm -hmm. every day that's that's a lot of bottles of water and they don't have the infrastructure here to deal with it you know, in fact, in reality, we don't have the infrastructure in the UK. We send all our plastic to somewhere else in the world that doesn't have the infrastructure, and then yeah. we blame them. <laughs> so Because it washes back up on your beach, yeah. actually. <laughs> so, yeah, so we have reusable cups. We have a water filter, and we refuse straws and plastic bags. Everywhere we go, we have quite a few kind of cloth bags with us. Mm-hmm. And then... When we're, when we're in coastal places or rivers, we pick up rubbish and do beach cleans, yeah. which opens conversations with local people when they're kind of like, why are you picking up the rubbish? Yeah, what are you doing? Um, and we just refuse plastic wherever we can. And sometimes that means missing out on things. But, you know, we manage. People yeah. look at us weirdly when we say, um, I bought some snacks in the market earlier and said, oh, no plastic, just some paper. And she kind of took a little piece of paper and piled all my things on my hand and just looked at me like, are you, what's wrong with you? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, we just, 
but all of those things start conversations with people. Yeah. Right. Do you have some little, like, do you travel with, like, little containers, too, at all? Uh, so- well, we, we didn't come away with some, but we, we did a bit of camping in Colombia and just bought some, just those stackable metal tins yeah. containers, um, and they've been great. And we've taken them with us to cafes and restaurants yeah, and cause like, put pizza in them. Right, yeah, or take them to the market and get uh-huh, um, uh-huh. nuts or yeah, whatever. Yeah. 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 Very smart. Yeah. And I think one of the one of the strangest dichotomies we've seen in Sucre has been you see a lot of the Quechua women uh-huh. walking around sweeping. They're uh-huh. employed, I'm assuming, uh-huh. by the government, uh-huh. sweeping up trash and sweeping up. So the streets are very clean. And then at the same time, like it literally in the same block, in the same 20 feet, you see uh, Quechua woman sweeping up trash, and you see another one unwrapping her stuff and just literally throwing her trash on the ground. Mm. And it's it's such a strange thing to see. Like you're watching somebody else sweep up your garbage ten feet from you, and yet you're just throwing it yeah. on the ground. But and that's that's not that's them. That's, that I don't even think it's cultural. That's everywhere. In the yeah. World. Oh yeah. You see true. that it was just. Yeah. It surprises me to see it. Still, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they think it's like their, that's their job, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I know that in lots of places we've talked to people and they are in schools talking to kids about you know not using plastic and yeah. not throwing rubbish and recycling and, and things. So I mean, we had in the UK, we had the Keep Britain Tidy campaign in the 70s and we're still dealing with rubbish now. <laughs> so, you know, I think the responsibility lies with the people manufacturing the rubbish in the first place. Right, right. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, I was just going to say, we see we saw the same thing in, in Ecuador. We lived on the beach uh-huh. for uh-huh. a month, and we would we would go for a walk in the morning, and we we did pick up some of the trash as well. But then you start to realize that it's you know you look at the ocean and you think oh it's clean it's big blue and then the tide comes in and it just brings a wave of trash in mm-hmm. no like you could you could walk up and down and pick up 50 pounds of of garbage every single day and the next day yeah. there's going to be another wave of it coming yeah. in it's it's just it's it's very demoralizing to, to try and com- combat yeah, it. Yeah, it is. And I think that's one of the things of traveling with, with children and having children is it is very demoralizing. But then you think, well, I have to do something because this is their world. Yeah, yeah. I have to do something. So, and that's one of the reasons, you know, it is part of the reason for taking them away yeah. is, is so they can see the impact of how different people live and to understand different people and just to have a a, a bigger picture of the world mm-hmm. rather than it just being, you know... And, and where we live in the UK, it is very much in the countryside. It's quite an isolated part of our country. And it would be very easy to just stay there right. <laughs> and pretend nothing else is going on in the world. And sometimes yeah. you kind of think, I'm just going to stay in my little house and never leave. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, it's really important for them to, yeah. to see what's actually happening in the rest of the world and, and have some awareness of it. Well, you got to push yourself out of your comfort zone, too, sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's important, even though, I don't know, some of the most uncomfortable adventures or uncomfortable situations turn out to be the best memories. (laughs) I always say to the kids, you never appreciate the warm if you've never been cold and wet. Right? (laughs) 
you know? It's yeah. like, warm's great, uh, but unless you've actually been like really, really cold to the core and soaking wet, you don't really appreciate it. <laughs> so you need those experiences to kind of go back and appreciate right. all the good stuff. Right. Or a hot and, shower. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, yeah, definitely a hot shower. I got sick with flu in La Paz, and uh, a hot shower was amazing. They don't have cold hot water here, and, and it's not like it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like in Colombia, on the Caribbean coast, they don't have hot water in the towns because it's really hot. Yeah. Yes. Here, it's like zero at night. Yeah, it's freezing. <laughs> yes, it is very cold at night. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, those... <clears throat> And those experiences that at the time feel a bit hairy or a bit kind of hard going or, you know, you kind of hurt yourself or you get cold and wet or, or whatever, those are the ones actually that make the memories. Yes. Yeah. And they make you stronger. You yeah. And you bond over them and you, I don't know, you look yeah. back and yeah, we had freezing cold showers in Peru, in Peru up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. And every time we'd tell the hotel owner, because that was the thing they advertised, oh, hot water. <laughs> and it was solar hot water. And so I don't think the system was quite set up right anyway. But, had, it, was, but it was cold outside, uh -huh. too. That's yeah. the thing. Uh -huh. If it's hot outside, it's fine. But yeah, cool. we, we would wait like 20 minutes, and we felt terrible, because he was like, no, just let it run, just let it run. <laughs> so you tell just us. throw that water down the Yeah, <laughs> and so we're like, okay, yeah. And never got hot. No. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, it, <laughs> The kids are getting used to cold showers. <laughs> Washing very quickly. Yeah, it's good for them. Yeah, and then put yeah. clothes back as fast as you can. Put as many clothes on. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Go jump in bed and warm up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I had another question. I know you didn't prepare like with planning as far as where you're gonna go exactly or flights, but how about packing? Like, did you just? No, I did think about that quite carefully. Okay, I was like, how did you? Because you don't want to lug a bunch of stuff with you the whole time. Well, the kids are carrying their own bags. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, literally we have two sets of clothes for wind, for cold weather, two sets of clothes for hot weather, thermal pajamas, kind of like thermal underwear that we had for, for, for a skiing trip in, uh, back at home, which in my mind was going to double up as thermals for when it's really cold. But I hadn't considered the fact that when it's really cold, we actually do need them as pajamas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, walking boots and like kind of sandals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not much else. Medical stuff, hats, gloves, you know, little bits and pieces. The children each have a very small bag with very small toys. Okay. And we asked for a Kindle for their birthday presents from family members so that they could read yep. and keep up with their reading. Yeah, without having to carry a mountain of books. Yeah, and they both have like a little um, music player and a set of headphones. Yeah. Um, pretty much it. Well. We did realize, we have discovered since we've been away, which we, we, we didn't know for the first few months, um, we have a very small tablet with us and we have a Netflix account back in the UK, which is great. <laughs> and some Australian girls we met told us you can download stuff, which was life-changing for the buses. Oh, um, so you can download stuff on here. Yeah, because yeah. actually one of the hardest things traveling with kids is all of the buses have are completely inappropriate films even in the daytime so you don't want to be watching Alien at 2 o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> you know when you're or 8, at, eight or years at old in the <laughs> yeah at all so before we were kind of trying to hide them under blankets and holding their hands they're going you literally can't watch this um, so having the little tablet with downloaded stuff has been game changing yes <laughs> So they can I guess that's not it. something we think about when we don't have mm -hmm. kids. No, but yeah. entertainment, because there's, uh -huh. there's a lot of hours yeah. on the bus. Yeah, and they're pretty good. They entertain themselves. Um, they've, they've, they've made, like, um, hand people. 
and uh, my daughter has one of her hands is Britney Spears and the other one is Taylor Swift <laughs> which is great because they can play anywhere now but it also means if they're not doing something they should be doing I can't take them away <laughs> yeah they're pretty good at making stuff up entertaining themselves yeah. children, are, children are pretty good at problem solving yeah they're resilient mm, really resilient yeah. 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 so do you think it sounds like it's open ended if you're going home or not if well, you were they're going to go when, home oh, yeah. <laughs> but do you think there's another trip in the future and if so where would you want to take them next um, well we've been talking about maybe driving from the UK to Africa <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Um, which is possible. You can get a ferry to France or Italy and then or, cross or Spain, over and then you drive through Morocco. Spain okay. and cross over to Morocco. Yeah, okay. from southern Spain. Yeah. Wow. wow. So, yeah, I've been kind of thinking in my mind about uh, Kilimanjaro or I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to see. They're going to be at the age, they're going to be teenagers and they're going to be doing stuff with their friends. So, it just, you know, depends on them and what happens. But, yeah, yeah definitely getting itchy feet for something else. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe some shorter trips, maybe not. Yeah, I think probably just kind of summer holidays. Yeah. 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 Wow. Very cool. Do you have any other questions? No, I think we covered a lot of good good goodies. Is there anything else you wanted to share that maybe we missed that you were like, No, I don't think so. No. Perfect. Well, thanks for sitting down with a bunch of strangers who (laughs) asked to talk to you in a cafe. Yeah, no worries. We appreciate it. No, no worries. It's always nice to meet new people. That's what what getting out of your comfort zone is all about. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Perfect. Good luck with the rest of your trip. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you.